the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. We are in the book of Proverbs, Bert Harper and I, for several weeks have been in Proverbs, and we're going to be wrapping it up this week, but Proverbs 29, 30, and 31 are full of wisdom and truth, relevant and important for all of our lives. This is Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here, along with Bert Harper, and if you are at a place where you can get a copy of God's Word, turn to Proverbs 29. Bert, there are a lot of verses in every chapter that uh, really stand out, and Proverbs 29 is no exception. I was going through it. I underlined, highlighted, and uh, redlined some of those, put stars by two of them. And when I got through, I said, well, it adds up to the other chapters, and it just has 27 verses, where some of them have 32, 34. But it has been a joy, and we're going to, like you said, finish up, and it's going to be a high note. Uh, You know, it's a climax. That's, uh, I believe, chapter 31 about, uh, you know, a virtuous woman is a climactic uh, chapter uh, in the book of Proverbs. And Alex, I understand you're at the Cove. Well, I have a real privilege. I am at the Cove in western North Carolina. It's just so beautiful. And, uh, you know, usually I'm up here in the summer or the the spring or something. This is one of the few times I've ever been here, kind of in the winter, and the trees are bare, and it looks a little different. But I'm going to be speaking tonight and tomorrow to the Racetrack Chaplaincy of America, 50 years that uh, in, in racing. Uh, there have been chaplains, and so it's an honor. We'll be doing some evangelism training, and then then I'll be back up here in July, my annual uh, visit to do a book of the Bible. And if you want to come in July, uh, I'll be doing the book of First Peter, which is always an honor. And, Bert, I want to say a big thank you to the, the people from American Family Association, the followers and the supporters and the people that uh, get the AFA Journal and they listen to Exploring the Word, because it seems like everywhere I go, whether it's the Cove or speaking all around the nation, the AFA listeners come out in force. And it, it is such an encouragement, and I just want to say thanks for the people that come and hear us speak, and they pray for us, and they they ask about you everywhere I go, Bert. People say, where's Bert Harper? <laughs> and I said, well, he's out serving the Lord, but um, well, I'm it's not a blessing. In my, I'm not in my basement. <laughs> that that yeah. meant to be a pun, but I'm out there. Yeah. I don't travel quite as much. Alex and I are living up to our calling. Both of us teachers love the Word of God, share the Word of God, want to other people to know Christ. We're living up to that. But Alex is an evangelist. He he is on the road. He he has been called to that. I pastored for 40 years, 28 years in one church, and I do interim work. And so I go to a church and stay there for quite a while and while they're looking for a new senior pastor. So while we are doing Exploring the Word, God has enabled us also to follow through with the God's calling in our lives in ministry in that way as well. So, Alex, We're I blessed, just pray we? we are blessed beyond measure. One more thing I want to do, because I don't want to miss out on this. Uh, a few years ago, we started the Marriage Family Life Conference, and yeah, uh, yeah. we have Mickey and Will Addison who head that up. 
and this year it's in 20, this is 2022. It's going to be July the 7th through the 9th, and the theme is Here I Stand, and it's going to be here in Tupelo, Mississippi, but right now there's an early bird registration. It is now open, and you can go to Marriage Family Life. That's marriagefamilylife.net and register now. Get that early bird discount. You will be blessed, and I'm telling you, it's enough just to have Mickey Addison speaking, but there will be others that will speak. And so you'll be blessed, and this is the early bird. We don't know exactly how long, so you better get in there early to get that break. You can read that and find out what the breaks are. And uh, so that is July the 7th through the 9th. Well, and it's going to be wonderful. The the things that you and Jan do are always wonderful. And yes, uh, when you can see and hear Will and Mickey Addison, hey, that's unforgettable. Hey, I I want to read a couple of verses here. We're in Proverbs 29. This is Exploring the Word. Verse 1 is just good common sense. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Be teachable. Don't harden your neck. But I want to say this about verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. How am I going to say about America, when the righteous are in authority, the stock market rejoices? I mean, seriously. Uh, But this is a good verse because even though this was written hundreds and hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, it's true. When, When righteous, moral, godly, principled people are in authority, the citizens are happy, aren't they? They are, and a lot of times we have people say, can you take these principles or these promises, especially promises, uh, if they were given in the Old Testament, are they good for today? Well, you have to look at the context, but here is a principle that is good anywhere, anytime, under all leadership, no matter what the authority is, and no matter how big the company or the country or the group of people you're a part of, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, and when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And so this principle is real, it is true, and it's one of those that we as Americans really need to look at. Does it matter concerning a person's, uh, their life? Yes, it does. Sometimes Uh, It's difficult to make because we elect ours, and it's difficult. But as best we can, under God's authority, we look for what a man stands for and what he is promoting. And you look at those things, and it'll help you know and decide, Alex. Amen. Amen. Verse 3, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. You know, I I think about the prodigal son uh, who— found himself at the bottom of a of a pig pen. But you know what? Part of our, our job, I feel like, as children, even though you might be an adult child, to be be a credit to your parents. Make your father rejoice. If you love wisdom, and of course, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, you, you'll make your parents proud. Maybe, maybe you say, well, I don't want to make my parents proud. No, you want to do that, believe me. Even if you had some hard experiences with your parents, uh, be a child that regardless of how you might have felt you were treated, be a child that makes your parents rejoice. Amen, Alex. And let me say this about the prodigal son. When his money ran out, his 
friends ran out on him. Yes. Uh, you can tell what kind of friends he had. And uh, so I, I just thought I'd throw that in. Verse 4, the king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. Uh, does a, look, let me put it in mind. We want men in authority and women in authority who cannot be bought. Okay, right, right. they they've got they've got their right and wrong. It is set with them, and bribes cannot sway them. We're living in a day when they say follow the money. So many times that's true, but with some people, that money doesn't come to them because they cannot be bought off. And uh, I love that verse four: the king establishes the land not by, by money but by justice. Alex. Uh, that's, well, and, we need that. That's the word established there is the word for stability. A land or a country, a nation, it, it really is a word to take a firm stand. Now, we think of an individual taking a stand, but look, by justice, and that's morality, that's truth, that's godliness. That's how a leader establishes a land. But my goodness, we're living in a time, I was on the phone this morning with um, my friend and and really a mentor in my life, Erwin Lutzer. And we were talking about the fact that our nation is in a crisis of truth. We're, we're in a crisis of morals, ethics, truth. And so uh, that's the, the undermining of a country. But verse 4 of Proverbs 29, justice, that's the stability and the security of, of a nation. Verse 5, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Um, Proverbs has a lot to say about flattery and just, uh, you know, using words to try to curry favor with somebody. Bert, why is flattery a potential trap? It is. Let me have, let me, I'm going to use this a little bit different. Have you ever heard of ball team saying they're beginning to believe the press? In other words, people Mm. starting to brag on them and say, man, this is potential. And then they hit a wall, and it's like they believed, they started believing that you measure people's words. And I, I, yeah, you want to take a person at their word, but you have to. And the Bible talks about test the spirits to see they are. So those flattering words, and in the, in, in the book of Proverbs, it's, it's not necessarily true words. It's trying to pull the wool over their eyes. It's trying to to get them uh, to, to come over on their side, Alex. And uh, it yeah. sets a net for everyone. They're going to follow those flattering words. And if you believe those words that are not true, guess what? That net, both of you wind up in the pit like that, won't you? Yeah. Well, you know, with a child, I mean, if the child just eats candy and sweets, uh, eventually they're, they're going to balk when they have to eat some vegetables or green beans. <laughs> All right, if, if you just are all flattery, and uh, there's a word, it's kind of a, a, a lofty term, but it's the word psychophancy. A, a, a psychophant just pours on the thick, sugary praise. Mm. But sometimes you've got to be very um, forthright with people, and you've got to talk about hard truth. And oftentimes the person, if all you've ever done is flatter them, and then you have to really have a heart-to-heart come-to-Jesus talk about something, they're going to push back on that. So be a, you know, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Boy, there's a lot of wisdom in that. If you can 
let your yes be yes and your no be no, you're going to spare yourself a lot of trouble and heartache, aren't you? You are. By tra- verse 6, by transgression an evil man is snared, by the righteous sings, but the righteous sings and rejoices. What a difference. In the Here it is again, that contrast that we're finding in a proverb. And verse 7, the righteous considers the cause of the poor, and the wicked mm. does not understand such knowledge. Now, verse 6 and 7 are both talking about what righteous do. Notice, this is a person that's right with God. This is a person that has... Uh, let me just say this. It's kind of like confession. Confession means yes. to say the same thing as. And here, righteousness is saying we promote the same thing God promotes. We observe and we try to make our judgments based upon God's word. And when the righteous do that, uh, it helps. It strengthens, listen, the individual, the family, and the society. Alex, mm-hmm. uh, that's, a, that's a good trifecta, isn't it? It is. It really is. And, you know, notice these things like the righteous considers the cause of the poor. The wicked man does not understand such things. Okay, considering and then contending uh, in verse 9 and then uh, the upright in verse 10 seek a man's well-being. Let me just say the the word that I think of when we're talking about uh, doing the right thing and saying the right things and truth and justice. I, I'm thinking about the word principles. Bert, everybody needs to build their life around God's principles. And part of the reason, and I know we talk about this a lot on the show and this network, we talk about the state of our country. I'm just concerned, and I pray for America, because we were great when we had God's principles, the Mosaic Law. Uh, We don't have principles much anymore, do we? We don't. That's the reason Proverbs is so important. It sets those principles forward. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied After making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Kids are often finicky eaters and have to be taught that healthy food is better for them, whether they like it or not. Dr. Tony Evans says Christians often need to learn the same lesson. He'll explain today as we spend two minutes with Tony. If you ask me to eat squash, you're going to have to talk me into that. I'm going to tell you that now. If you, if you want me to eat squash, that, that's going that's to require a little conversation, a little coaxing. Now, you ask me to eat fried chicken, we do not have a problem. Houston, there is no problem. Because me and fried chicken agree. We agree. You don't have to beg me, coax me. Talk me into it. But squash? 
we're going to have a little issue there because that's not natural to my desire. I don't, I don't prefer squash. But the argument is, even though it's not preferable, it's better. See, we don't believe God knows better. So we'll roll with God with the chicken. We ain't going to roll with him with the squash, with the stuff we don't like, with the stuff we don't prefer, but that is being made acceptable and popular by the culture that is trying to get us to join up with the devil because it just seems so right and real and preferable. When what you want and what God wants does not agree, you've got to agree to lose to you. Get the fresh start you need to put Christ before culture. Check out Tony's CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. In Him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything by the counsel of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. Now, back to the Bible study you're listening to, Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex, and we're in chapter 29 of the book of Proverbs. And as we get close to the end, you'll start hearing some of these Proverbs that are so familiar. You say, oh, that is where it is. Many of them are in the book of Proverbs is we have said many of our words and sayings that we get are found at least in the book of Proverbs, and the seed is usually there. But we come to this, and uh, it says that, verse 8, scoffers ensnare a city, but wise men turn away wrath. There's again, scoffers, simple, fools, uh, the, the writer of Proverbs, writers even, Solomon mostly, but of one or two others, uh, they put those people in a category opposite of wisdom. He puts up wisdom and righteousness seems to be high premiums that that is needed in our principled life as a believer. And so what you want to do, you want to look for wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraideth not. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we have this wisdom righteousness exalts a nation. Alex, we we find these words that uh, if we're not careful, we'll just let them be words. But they're, they're not just words. They're life-changing uh, events in our life, a lifestyle that sets us apart. It should set us apart as followers of Christ, should they not? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, because obviously, you know, having a relationship with Jesus, you've trusted Christ to be your Savior, but you believe truth. Uh, and, you know, verse 9 says, if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. In a way, a foolish person, uh, the word there is somewhat similar to the word in Romans one twenty eight. Romans one twenty eight talks about having a reprobate mind. People who did not like to retain God in their knowledge, and God gave them over 
Bert, some translations will say a debased mind or, or reprobate mind. Now, the word reprobate in the New Testament means unqualified. And you think, well, what, what does that mean, unqualified? Well, we, we often read like Romans 1, we talk about sin and um, being you know, given over to immoral proclivities, and that's true. But the unqualified mind of Romans 1 and the foolish man of Proverbs 29 and elsewhere, it's a mind that doesn't care for what's true and good and real and appropriate. You know, uh, it, the wise man seeks truth because he knows that truth is tied to God. God is truth. And so the wise man of verse 9, arguing, contending, well, it doesn't matter if the foolish guy is angry or laughing. You're not going to get anywhere. And so Bert, that's why our culture, it sounds very fundamental and sounds basic, but we must, as a culture, care about truth. And uh, I, I'm not going to open the Pandora's box of politics, but, but we're a nation, sure, we need Jesus, but we are a nation that needs indivi- every last one of us to say, look, I want to stand for what is true and right and good and holy. I think this deserves us, just for a minute, to go back. The founding fathers, uh, were they all believers? Well, I'm not going to judge. Many, many of them were. Let's let me say that. Sure, But their basis of their decisions was truth, and they understood that truth came through the Bible, through the Word of God. And, and so they had that basis. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? When the foundations is not built upon truth, it is faulty. It will lean. It will crumble. And, and so that's the whole idea, and that's why this wisdom book of Proverbs is so important. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the just seek his well-being. Listen to verse mm-hmm. 11. A fool vents all of his feelings but a wise man holds them back. Uh, mm. What a statement. I've got that one underlined, Alex. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, we need to have a word fitly spoken at the right time. And that's how a wise man knows when not to say that. So pray for wisdom. Lord, help me control my tongue. Again, I've paralleled the book of Proverbs and the book of James many, many times. Amen. And it talks about the tongue no man can control, but the Holy Spirit can under the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your mind, he knows how to refrain from you speaking before you think. There's a lot of us, Bert Harper, one of them, if he's not careful, not guided by the Holy Spirit, I'll give you my opinion whether it's needed or not if you're not careful. But I need to hold back. I need to know when. And so, Alex, that verse, verse 11, is a verse that we need to have on our hearts and our minds when we're talking with individuals. We need to have that, don't we? Well, we do. You know, every now and then I'll hear somebody say, you know, well, I didn't have a filter that day. I should have had a filter. Well, you know, when it talks about uh, not venting our, our feelings or or not letting anything hold back, verse 11, it, there's the warning that that's foolishness. We need, and of course the Holy Spirit is one that can help us do this, but we need a filter on our mouth i know i do most days (laughs) we need to hurry here because there's some verses and uh, we're running each one of these is so much let me read three or four of them all the way through 15 alex and then we'll talk about it if a ruler pays attention to lies all of his servants become wicked 
The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. Again, I just got to stop and say, Alex, there's truth again. Ver- Amen. Verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Notice what this does. Rulers, kings, wise men, fools, judges, all of that in parenting. Alex, I don't know of a position that anyone can hold that does not need truth and wisdom and righteousness. And discipline. Amen. And discipline. Yes. You know, verse 15, the rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Verse 15, I'm going to tell you the second line of verse 15, a child left to himself that's Dr. Spock's baby book. So I'm old enough to know. Some of you might remember back in the late 50s, early 60s, Dr. Benjamin Spock. And he basically said a, ch- a, a baby, a child should never be corrected. You know, don't, don't ever spank. Don't ever correct because you're going to squelch their creativity. And, and look, um, I thank God. I thank God. My mother told me, she said that she was expecting Caroline, my sister, who's a little bit older than me, and was reading Dr. Spock's baby book, and she said she got about three-fourths of the way through, and she said she threw it in the trash can. <laughs> Where it deserved. And, and I thought, you know, I'm glad because, listen, rod, the reprimand and rebuke, people that will correct you do it because they love you. We need it. Uh, I'm, I'm 57. I still need correction and uh instruction well alex before Uh, we move on tie verse 17 read that and tie that in so we put that one correct your son and he will give you rest yes he will give you delight to your soul this gets back to you know we talked earlier about bringing a joy to your parents in verse three listen uh it's it's an investment really now we talk about coaching and mentoring parenting is is coaching and mentoring and and it's even more than all that parenting is is basically you're pouring your life into your child and if you correct your son i honestly think it's an investment bert and later on he he will give you rest whether it's peace in your heart and by the way, let me just say this, and, and I only learned this after I got saved, but um, be the kind of child that gives your mom and dad a good night's rest, you know? Hey, I, there, yeah. there are a lot of children that you probably, you may not know this, and, and maybe maybe you feel like you don't hardly care. Listen, in spite of what you might have been through, family is such a gift from God, parents are a gift from God. Look... Children don't have to do a whole lot to give their parents a sleepless night of worry. Be the child, like verse 17 of Proverbs 29, be the child that gives your mom and dad a good night's rest. Let me, since you said that, I want to read Psalm 127 verses uh, 1, 2, and 3, or 4, all the way. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Like arrows 
in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. What you want, Proverbs is a way to carry this out. Uh, Psalm 127 gives you the history of what takes place. So, Alex, good word there, brother, concerning children. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, uh, verse 18, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Well, that's for sure. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Uh, There's a lot we could say about that. Um, You know, not just being a hireling, but, but being willing to actively seek truth. There's a difference between, uh, you know, somebody who just has to be, um, I don't know, almost you got to twist their arm to get them to do, to do right. Uh, wow. You want somebody that, that cares enough that they're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Do you see a man hasty in his words, says verse 20, there is more hope for a fool than for him. Hold wow. your words. Every word will be judged. That's it. I haven't completely understand that completely. I don't know understand how it works, but it lets me know how important it is, Alex, for us to be careful with our tongue. Again, James says it sets on fire the very pit of hell. That is the power of the tongue. No man can tame it. It, it starts a fire. Earlier we said, if there's no one to hear a tale, it will not be passed on. Now, that's Bert Harper's vernacular. But the book of Proverbs has a lot to say about those words not only being yeah. spoken, but also what you hear, what what you listen yeah. to, and what you give credit to. So that I go back, and I'm going to do it again, not sing it, but quote it. Be little, be careful little tongues what you say, and be careful little ears what you hear. I know that's a children's song, but I think some of us adults ought to be practicing that, don't you? Absolutely. And verse 20, being hasty with words means to speak without thinking. Verse 21 talks about the relationship between an employer and an employee, and uh, it's possible for a servant or employee to become almost like your own child. Verse 22 is a lot like Proverbs 15, 1. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. Uh, let me just say this, folks. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Um, maybe you have an issue with anger, or either way of the, the extremes of emotion. There's a word mercurial, means you go to one of two extremes. If you've got emotional uh, issues, especially the issue of anger, like verse 22. Pray about that. The Holy Spirit can del- deliver you. Bert, I have seen people that the Spirit of God heal them he, of an angry temperament. He can, and that's the power of the Spirit of God. Jesus says, I Amen. don't leave you as orphans. I send the Holy Spirit, and he will guide you. He will lead you. He will deliver you. He is the one and the Spirit of God in your life. I, I just want to tell you, uh, be filled with his Spirit. Just let him fill your life and guide you. Alex, verse 23 and 25, I want to make sure we get those in. Oh, 25, uh, yes. Yes, sir. Let me read 23, and then let's go to 25, because that's, that's the gospel. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will train honor. Now, first of all, keep that in mind about humility. Now, verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare, 
But listen to this last line. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Alex, Mm. humility brings you to the point of seeing what you can't do for yourself spiritually. But God intervened, and he's made it possible that if you will trust him, lean upon him, he'll bring us through, won't he? He really will. He really will. And you know what? One of the very first times I ever preached, a dear, dear Christian brother handed me a little slip of paper and said, the fear of man brings a snare. And whether that's, you know, being nervous about having to get up and do something or whatever, or even, uh, you know, wondering, how am I going to have this conversation? I need to have a, a come to Jesus meeting with somebody. Listen, trust in the Lord and you'll be safe. And God will give you a clear mind and give you the words to say. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. I'm, that's <laughs> wonderful. Verse 26. Hey, aren't you, aren't hey. you glad? I mean, yes. God, yes. He, he knows it all. A judge, earthly judge, whatever, a parent even, we only know part of it. God knows every bit. No wonder justice for man comes from the Lord. We ought to be praising God for that. Absolutely. Now, you know what's interesting in uh, the verses uh, 26 and 27 as as it closes out? Many seek the ruler's favor. Justice comes from the Lord. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, but he who is upright is an abomination to the wicked. Now, what's interesting there are these two different words. I mean, abomination. Uh, What it means is this like an obstruction or an outrage, or detestable. Now, we want to obstruct unrighteousness, but truth and godliness, boy, that's an outrage to those that are unjust. The New Testament term is salt. We need to be salt. It really does preserve. It does. Hey, we're going to take phone calls, 888-589-8840. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. This is Frank Affney, host of Secure Freedom Radio. It's your personal daily intelligence briefing about the challenges we face, how they're likely to affect you, and what we can do about them. You can find Secure Freedom Radio here every weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in to learn from our extraordinary experts what you need to know and will want to share. Join us for Secure Freedom Radio tonight at 11 Eastern, right here on AFR. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. No one likes to suffer difficult circumstances. In this era of easy believism, it's often conveyed, if life isn't always smooth, we're doing something wrong. The scripture teaches us, however, that our Lord often meets fruitful branches with additional pruning. The pruning is not punishment. It's actually to make us even more fruitful. If you're in a rough spot right now, take heart. What may feel like the squeeze to end all squeezes could very well be the Lord's pruning for additional fruitfulness. 
When the Lord prunes us, He does so for our good. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 10, verse 42, Jesus said to Martha, Mary has chosen the good portion. Once I was making dinner for Michelle and I put some ribeye steaks on the grill. They looked incredible. Then I went back to the kitchen and I started making mashed potatoes. They were fluffy and smooth and buttery, but I forgot the steaks. And if you ignore a steak long enough on the grill, I found out it can literally melt through the grates of that grill. Listen, the potatoes could have waited. The main course required my attention. With Jesus in their house, Martha was busy, but Mary was paying attention. Jesus was gracious to Martha, but he honored Mary's choice and protected it. Don't let your time with Jesus be stolen away by the busyness of your day. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And we hope you know him and will turn to him. This is the part of the show where we open up the phones and we go to questions. The number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We would love to hear your Bible question today. Bert, where shall we go first? Well, before we go to Billy in Oklahoma, we've got lines that are open. And if you've been waiting to make a call, right now would be a great time. Billy? Today is your day. Yeah, day. Billy, welcome. Hi. I love listening to y'all on my way to uh, home from work and um, on discipline. My mother, I mean, we were disciplined with the belt. You know, well, actually with the stick, but, uh, but she was a lovely Christian woman. And I helped raise, I raised my granddaughter, and she was amazing. Now, her brothers, I helped raise them. And I took all three of them to church, and um, one of them is on the low end of uh, autism. But it really doesn't matter how the child is. They should always be disciplined. And they're in church. I would um, have my autistic grandson listen. And people thought I was, I thought I was cruel, but he, ha- if he needed to listen to the word just like his brother needs to listen to the word. And it just makes me feel uneasy that people saw me as cruel. Um, But the word says, discipline your child, you know. It doesn't say handicapped or not handicapped. And now I'm helping raise a little uh, cerebral palsy little girl, and she's going on four. And I discipline her just like I did my other three. Mm. So it, am I wrong in the same discipline? Billy, thank you for mm. what you're doing. And having that input into their lives is so important. 
let me just say this. And if my dad was raising me in 2022, the way I was raised back in the 1950s and 60s, uh, they would be talking about him as well. And it's hmm. not necessarily that you have changed from what it should be. It's what others have changed from what it should be. Now, cruelty, no, you know. I, I've got one suggestion for parents, and this is just a pastor preaching who's preaching in front of all these people. When you bring your children into church the first few times and you're having trouble, sit toward the back so that <laughs> you can get them out quickly and take care of business quickly. Uh, doing it right at the front, it does destroy. It does distract people, Alex. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I, that's just my thoughts on it. You may have different ones. You may, you may want to discipline right there in the front row, but I, I think it does better toward the back. Go ahead, Alex. Well, it's, it's never fun to have a meltdown in front of everybody watching. And, uh, hey, you know what? I just want to say this very briefly. We've got a book that we did called The 21 Toughest Questions Your Kids Will Ask About God. We did a video series with it. Some great parenting resources on afastore.net. You might want to check that out. But God bless Billy and all the parents that are patiently, prayerfully investing in the growth of young people. I agree with you fully. And, and Billy, uh, I, I think it's great that you're doing that. And I, I didn't, they didn't have hyperactivity and no, uh, you know, all these uh, labels for kids when I was growing up. And uh, if, if that were, I'd have been labeled, uh, you know, hyper, uh, you know, there's no telling what labels had been on me. And uh, so keep it, keep it up, Billy. Keep it up. Uh, Amen. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let him guide you. Uh, but that scripture that we read today about the, the, the advice of men is a snare. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't. There's time you don't listen to them. So thank you, Billy. Let's go to Ohio and talk to Paula. Paula, welcome. Hi. Um, there's two Bible verses that just seemed like they don't go together to me. Um, one, Jesus has said something like, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there. But at, at another time, he's talking about don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and go off and pray in private. So how do those work together? Great, great question. That's a I, really good it question. It is. I love it when we have to put our, as Alex always says it this way, put your thinking caps on here. And uh, But what you have, it's same thing as in Galatians. It says, bear you one another's burdens. And in another place, it says, bear your own burdens. And it's right there in Galatians chapter 6. What is it? There are some things when we pray, we gather together. And mm -hmm. we gather for for that purpose and bombarding heaven for purpose. But there are times when you go to your closet uh, and, and it's, man, Alex, it's usually when you're crying out to God, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, it's, isn't there's levels of prayer needs, you know, prayers that you do each day, but then there's those urgent times in our lives when we're just crying out to him, aren't we? Well, the, the, you know, there's prayers and worship and there's petition and then there's, you know, the groanings which cannot be uttered, Romans eight twenty six. But regarding this, you know, two or three are gathered in his name. I'm there in the midst. That's corporate worship. And then don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I think 
um, it speaks to the fact that our Christianity is individual and it's corporate. You know, it's personal and it is collective. And, you know, like when you're fasting, uh, you don't make a show of it. That's a personal thing between you and the Lord. And, you know, not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Discretion, so that we're not about a religious show. We're not doing something for the acknowledgement of man, but we're doing something just to because it's the right thing to do. I, I think it's speaking about the humility and discretion that we exercise as a believer, as Adrian Rogers would say, living our life for an audience of one, Amen. for the Lord. Amen. And even in in public prayer, when we ask someone, quote, to lead us in prayer, uh, Alex, I had to admit, there's some people that growing up I could hear them, even as a pastor, they, it seemed like they could get a hold of the throne of God for us, you know? And it really was. These people prayed, and it led us to the throne. And uh, I I remember them oh, to I this know. day as a child, but also even as a pastor. And the, uh, yes. praise the Lord hey, I for gotta say, people. Yeah, go ahead. I, I want to say a quick word about humility. Today is the day, four years ago today, uh, Dr. Billy Graham went to heaven. The great evangelist Billy Graham died in 2018 on this day. And somebody, I've shared this story, but he was in Greenville, South Carolina, a big football stadium. And uh, they said somebody was out singing. I think Sandy Patty was singing. And Billy Graham was backstage coming up some stairs. And, of course, you know, everybody could see him. And as he was coming up the back of the stage, like everybody started to applaud. And he looked around applauding too, like, who, who's there? Wonder who's there. They said such a humble man that when he came up on the stage and everybody erupted in applause, he didn't even realize it was for him. He, <laughs> and he would look around like, who, who are they clapping for? Well, of course, they were clapping for Billy Graham. Humility. And some of the most godly people, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Do what you do for God, not for the praise of man. And don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Uh, that's humility. Thank you. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Jim. Jim, welcome. Hello. Yes, you're on. Go right ahead, brother. Okay, I've called y'all several times, and I love you so much. Oh, bless you. And I hate that here in Fort Smith, none of the doctors I go to will take a stand on medical marijuana. Could y'all talk about that? I've never smoked it, but I'm 64 years old, and I'm starting to try it now. And I don't want to, but I'm in so much pain. Okay, Jim, thank you for your I don't your know call. what to do. Just, uh, just speak about it, would you? Thank you, guys. God bless. Well, first of all, we're praying for you. Everybody out there, write the name Jim down. The next 24 hours, we bombard heaven. Alex, uh, this is a difficult situation uh, for everybody. The misuse of marijuana is so real and so prevalent that it scares us to death. I do believe, and I'd say this, if, and, and that's the biggest if I know, it could be handled in such a way as it being medical for those that it was intended for. But the problem is it, it, it doesn't stay that way, does it? It really doesn't. We live in a society where so many are addicted to drugs, even prescription drugs, and you know, I, I am not at all qualified to speak on medical issues. 
Uh, I'm not. So don't don't look to Alex McFarland for anything about your health or medicine. But let me just say this, and I'm just speaking for myself. Uh, Bert, I've I've always taken a, a real stand against drugs because I've been to dozens of prisons. I've helped get youth out of jail. I've as a pastor, I've interacted with so many people where drugs, even legal prescription drugs, have decimated the lives of people and families. And and I, I and if I'm speaking out of school, I beg your forgiveness. I get real nervous whenever they want to legalize or normalize substances because I've seen the toll they take on the lives of people when addiction kicks in. I agree with you fully, and that's the reason I put F's, if, I-F, in capital, capital letters. Uh, Alex, uh, you know, it's take, uh, Paul said, take a little wine for thy stomach sake, Timothy, and you're often, what, infirmities? Uh, mm-hmm. It had a purpose for that, but yet the misuse of it. And so uh, does the misuse cause us not to use it when it needs to be? It is beyond me. I agree with you, Alex, as far as my medical things, but I, I'm so cautioned in the damage that marijuana, it, it is a gateway drug. It is opportunistic, and uh, it is dangerous. Jim, i tell you what. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to pray right now. God, I pray for Jim. Help him to know. Help him to know where to turn and what to turn. And, Father, if there's an alternative to this pain relief that he desperately needs other than that, Father, I pray that he would find that. And, Father, I pray, God, that you would do an interaction in his life for that pain. We pray for that. And give the doctors, the legislatures that are having to deal with this uh, reality, Father, I pray you'd give them wisdom beyond their years. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Again, Alex and I both. We Our say heart goes out to it you. It does. It does. Let's go. Let's stay in Arkansas and talk to Raymond. Raymond, welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it very much. Enjoy your uh, program very much. Well, thank I you. I have a question you. about about Exodus twenty four, verses nine through eleven, and then follow that. I'm looking for reconciliation for these in Exodus thirty three. You know, in 24, 9 through 11, Moses, Aaron, and his sons in the 70 went up on the mountain, and they ate in the presence of the Lord. That's the way I read it. But then in 33, verses 12 through 23, focus on verse 20, uh, he said, But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. And I just, <laughs> I just created a little conflict with me there. Was, okay. Uh, I, I want to start it off, and this answers it for me, Raymond. Think of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. When he was clothed in his humanity, they looked upon him and they could see him. When that humanity was, I'm, I'm going to use the word, taken off, and his Shekinah glory of God that was revealed, they could not look upon him. They hid their faces before him in the dirt. Alex, the Shekinah glory of God has to veil himself in such a way that we could even begin to behold him. 
Uh, oh yeah, I agree. And and you know what? Um, there's no no real contradiction because when they ate in the presence of God, and yet when Exodus thirty three twenty says, you know, no man can see my face and live, uh, somehow, and maybe it was a Christophany, you know, Jesus appeared in the Old Testament. Uh, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of Christ, whether it was a Christophany or whether it was by some manner of restraining the inexpressible brightness of his glory, God made it possible for people to be in his presence. In a way, that's how righteousness is. We're clothed, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. Apart from that righteousness, we couldn't even enter the, the presence of God. We would, I don't know what it would do to us, vaporize us or something, but just like a fire suit protects a fireman going into a building, it's the righteousness of Christ that enables us to be in the presence of God. So by some means, God made it where Moses could safely appear before him, but just for mortality to uh, enter the presence of God's eternality, um, it's only by the mercy of God that we could even appear and interact with him. When God passed by in his glory, he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock, put his hand before him, and he passed by. And that is the glory of God. This is what I want to share with you. And, and that is so true, Raymond. The glory of God is, listen, no wonder when we stand before him, he's going to have to wipe away every tear. I'm not, I don't think he'll have to say a word, Alex. I, I think when we appear before him, and all we have now is a glimpse of his glory. But when we see that glory bestowed and just come out, uh, it's, it's going to be a day that is being like no other day, won't it? The old songwriter said, we shall behold him. Isn't that something? Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. And friend... God wants you to be there. You can be the, be ready through Jesus. We thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Alex and I have enjoyed it so much, the calls, the interaction. And we're going to be back tomorrow with Proverbs 30. Read ahead. Underline some of those that you think are the neatest, best, and see if you agree with Alex and me. Alex, <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow. Proverbs 30, it's filled with stuff as well, isn't it? Read on ahead, folks. Be ready, and we'll reconvene tomorrow with more of Exploring the Word. God bless you.